Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 429. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra from beautiful Sauvage, Minnesota, who survived an air conditioning, fanless Mexican restaurant to ha- say goodbye to a dear friend. Oh, my. I survived. You you said goodbye. Did they did they I mean, was it like Logan's run and then they they went into Carolina and got exploded or why? No, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> even like a, a, a like a, what was it? A running man was last man standing who All survives right. the uh, the the sweaty Mexican restaurant. No, uh, yeah. it was a good friend of uh, ours who uh, she's a she's a an educator and she's moving to Chicago. So oh, gotcha. it was oh, a goodbye. Boy. So yeah, it was very we're, nice. We're having a Midwestern heat wave right now. That's a little cooler today, but oh, my gosh, it, 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 nine. 90s. Now, is that yes. what, is, uh, maybe our guests will fill us in on what's going on on the East Coast. So, Todd, why yes. don't you introduce and that's the And that was the voice of Charlie Carden. I didn't introduce him. So, Charlie, sorry, Charlie. People know um, me. But yes. Yes. No. Yes. And then Joe, uh, Mr. Madbit uh, Moran, uh, who loves old guys talking about weather. I think that's your favorite <laughs> thing. From the it's PS true. Trophy Room, Joe, thank you for joining us. It's currently 66 degrees. What? I, tr- I tried to do my best Emperor yeah. Palpatine. It didn't work. I'm bad. Uh, it sounded like it was like oh, if, if, if Palpatine was an old like town sheriff or yeah. evil mayor. Yeah. Well, yeah. Evil so, mayor. <laughs> of a galaxy. But oh uh, yeah, no, I'm doing great. You know, the weather's been nuts because one minute it's like, oh, it's 78. Next minute it's 66. Then on Friday it was literally 103 degrees. We didn't get quite that hot here, but yeah, we were we were ninety flat. So yeah, yeah, today it's cooler. So get out of here and probably go for a nice walk or something. But anyway, um, we you know we always kick the show off by talking about our MVPs, our top tier Patreon folks. These are the people that make it possible for us to bring you some great and new expanded content, as we have been doing since the beginning of the year. I'm talking, of course, uh, on the best buds level about Jamie Prinky, uh, and over on the BFFs level, the stellar. Nice family, Sean, Stella, uh, and Henry. Oh, that, that, was, that was a little bit more clever than I attributed myself to. Uh, your friend and mine, Missy Merchant, and her friend, Andy Milliken. We do appreciate you. And Todd, there's something new and exciting going on with Patreon right now. What's, what's the deal? Uh, yes, everyone, hold on to your seats, your butts, whatever is secure. Uh, Patreon is now open the doors to allow us to give people one week free trials, which is great. It's basically no risk unless you decide to stick around, which means you get more of our awesome content. So that's your risk, folks. There's uh, no, that's, but it's, that's really no risk if you think it's, it's true, no risk at all. Great. But I mean, we're, we're great. The risk of greatness. Take it. Um, but you'll get all of our content, all of our the, the great interviews. Uh, Charlie, you and your team have done. Um, Joe, by the way. If you ever get a chance, because you're a Star Wars fan, we did an episode now with our free trial, by the way. Uh, Charlie and his team interviewed the puppeteer who did several Star Wars puppets Dave in the Martin. original trilogy. Yeah, great, great, great guy. Older, older British gent, but sat down and chat with us. He was one of the team of puppeteers that operated Jabba the Hutt and Return of the Jedi. It was it was a very cool awesome. story. Very awesome. The original human centipede. Uh, okay moving on geez usually i'm the one who's being disgusting but holy cow uh moving on and todd i like i said i gotta i gotta hand it to you um these covers that you find uh for our we got this covered segment uh 
it's a title I've never heard of from February of 1960. And you'll see it there on, uh, in screen. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, 10 whole cents for issue 29 of house of secrets, sub subhead queen of the beasts. And you see a woman, you know, dressed like Tarzan with two creatures that I would, uh, flanked on her left and her right that I would describe as some kind of jellyfish faced zebra with you know mohawks like a zebra but ears like a we say like a rabbit maybe uh so anyway she seems simply saying seize him it's our enemy and it's some basic white dude in a shirt who says elsa what's happened to you i'm your friend mark merlin okay that's that's helpful that's that's, that's <laughs> very specific cover it's very mark merlin like we're supposed to know who mark right. Merlin. like don't you know who i am i'm yeah. mark merlin <laughs> it's pulled a t pulled a total celebrity move like do you know who the f i am i'm mark merlin yep oh. so before i go into this cover i want joe because you know what i'm assuming you've never seen this before so it's not like you're the magician you i've never met you before now i'm going to tell everyone about you and reveal a secret but um i want you to reveal a secret about what you think of this house of secrets 29 um this looks like um listen kids earmuffs this could very easily be a porn parody of, a, of an actual Marvel, like a Marvel comic. You know? All right, and it's, it's oh, it's DC, so they're 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 throwing shade. Shots yeah, fired. they're throwing a little shade because I'm I'm really deeply disturbed by the half zebra, half man, half frog, half rabbit looking thing. That's a lot of half quarters. Mister T Fifths. Mohawk. Okay. Um. No. No. Halves. Just full halves. Okay. And, um. It. it it disturbs me. Uh, everything about this disturbs fair, me. Fair, fair. I I definitely can tell you that uh, Kevin uh, Eastman and Peter Laird looked at this cover and said, you know what? I'm looking at that and I envision Rocksteady and Bebop. Right. Oh, <laughs> very good. Yeah. With, without, without the cool shades, these guys are a little bit more unvarnished. Oh, you're right. I didn't even notice the web hand. So, yeah, there's your frog bit. So, yeah, yeah this is nutty. So uh, the less said about the better. But uh, somebody who was around to pick this up uh, off of your uh, spinner rack, off of your newsstand uh, back there early in 1960, that would be our senior news correspondent, Madam mm -hmm. Webb. Now, she was 60 years old at that time, still reading comics probably so because she's always been she was she was a top news scooper for generations before we mm. and she was probably getting scoops for you know the the hearst publications when they started up she's really a whiz but anyway uh she's down there at the corner of hollywood and vine waiting to uh enthrall us with all of the action of the news happening this week so let's go now it's time for madam webb's rumors and news take it away boys Thank you, Madam Webb. As Charlie mentioned, uh, your news reporting days. Uh, Charlie, I believe her first article was published um, when she was a mere 18 years old, when she was released from her labor contract with the railroads, uh, was then uh, offered a job at the, uh, I believe it was the Poughkeepsie Turn um, Pike. Uh, that was the name of the newspaper. Don't know why they picked it. Um, uh, uh, you know, funny enough, still in publication, not bought by anyone or uh, beaten by uh, social media. So wow. you go, Poughkeepsie Turnpike. Not bad. That's not bad. I'm impressed. All right, what are we talking about this week? First up, we've got a program um, that I'm very familiar with, and this is program. Are you? Are you? Oh, program. Are you 75 years old? Oh, my program. It was. It's a program on my on my radiola. My mimeograph. Did you, did you record it on your VCR? 
back in I the did, day. I did. I did. Or, or a TiVo, if you prefer to update. But no, I'm I'm very familiar with Black Mirror. Uh, there's apparently a couple of really great spoofs out there. Star Trek related. Jesse Plemons, uh, who uh, played in, plays in just about everything. And I watched him recently in something. Uh, starred in that segment that was the Star Trek spoof in one of the previous seasons. What about you guys? Are you Black Mirror watchers? I am not unfortunate i've i've watched a few episodes of black mirror i i get the hype i yeah. totally i totally get the hype i might watch this just because sama higher it's like it's kind of twilight zoney isn't it where it's just a yeah it's, it's, vignettes, it's, sci- it's horror yeah yeah it's 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 a uh, modern sci-fi typically with a black uh sense of humor yeah. twinge um gotcha. very much aping what the twilight zone did but definitely okay. Okay. upping it with um different elements the episode you mentioned charlie is called um the uss callister um that was I'm trying to look at the season it was actually in but it, it's it's the only episode i've watched of black mirror and okay. the episode is phenomenal because they get great actors in these uh series and they don't do a ton of episodes per season but um it's pretty amazing and uh this is all about the trailer for this six this season number six and they've got some big names i mean selma hayek is in one and she's in an episode essentially where um i'm blanking on her name the woman the the daughter of eugene levy in schitt's creek Oh, oh, and and uh, isn't her is her name Anne in the show or is her name Anne in real life? I, now I can't remember. Annie Murphy. What? Annie Murphy. Thank you. There we okay. go. Okay. So she's so so they're basically kind of touching on each of the episodes that'll be out. Kind of a little a teaser. The one is Annie Murphy is sitting there watching a show on Netflix with her significant other. They said, "Oh, let's watch this show." It ends up being Selma Hayek has been hired to essentially play the woman who is watching the show in her right. life. Right. So it's essentially like a weird flip flop of and she's like, I didn't say it that way. And right. you know, she's got the same hairstyle and everything. And it just shows like it is called Joan is awful. That's the one of the episodes. Joan is I knew somebody was awful. Yeah, but Joan. Yep. Joan is, is a great name. Just like Joan is just like one yeah. of those names. Ugh, yeah, Joan. Ugh, yeah. Joan. Michael Sarah is also in that episode. So they've got some good, oh God. good stars. Yep. Uh, Locke Henry, uh, essentially like almost like a Locke Ness type story um, with people I don't know of. Uh, then we've got Beyond the Sea, uh, an alternative 1969, two men on a perilous high-tech mission wrestle with the consequences of an imaginable, unimaginable tra- uh, tragedy with Rory Culkin, Kate Mara, Josh Hartnett, Aaron Paul. That's one where they're in oh, outer wow. space. It's almost like a... Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Aaron Paul. Yeah. Yep. yeah uh, then so Maisie Day, a troubled starlet is dogged by invasive paparazzi while dialing, dealing with the consequences of a hit-and-run accident. Um, Zay Zay Beats is in that, if you remember her. She played yeah, um, Zay Zay uh, Domino. Yeah, yeah Danny Ramirez yeah, is in that one. Throat. Yeah. And the last one they show is called Demon 79. And they said Red Mirror. So I'm not sure if they're differentiating like Black Mirror specifically, like science fiction. And Red Mirror is horror. So I'm not sure oh. if that's what they're doing. But this is uh, right. in Northern Ireland in 1979. A meek sales assistant is told she must commit terrible acts to prevent disaster. So probably more of a like uh, when you see this, this Indian woman is choking a guy and she's having – a, a big life changing event um, and don't know any of those actors as well. And Toby Haynes was the director who's a pretty famous director as well. So I, I'm really um, impressed at the talent at this in the sixth season of a Netflix series. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we get this, this is uh, summertime viewing. What's the date on this? Uh, I believe it's June is it's coming out this month. Gotcha. And the segments are, how long typically they even said a movie length like they almost said like these oh, are movies but oh, okay. uh, so i would imagine really an hour watch, yeah. plus don't know much more than that 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would be, and again, this is series six, and uh, this is, um, are all the series about five segments? So you'd be able to jump in and catch uh, up. I think they're a little longer before, but I would say oh, okay. check out a list of like the best okay. of. And like I said, if you're if you're a science fiction fan, the USS yeah. Callister, if you've not watched it, it is fantastic. I thought yeah. it was so great. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. They, cool. They hook me with Selma Hayek. I stay for Zazzy Beats. I, I like Joe, it. Joe, just so. let you know, though, uh, Selma Hayek is now added on her new married name at the end. Um, oh, really? Are you to ignore the married bits? <laughs> I am. Yeah, I will choose to ignore the married. Bits. Yes, we don't. We, <laughs> we don't need to hear about that. Let it go. OK, moving on. We're, we're kind of double dipping on this next one because our big topic of discussion will be across the Spider-Verse. Uh, because we've all seen it. It's very exciting. It's the movie of the week. But uh, Todd, the, you know, Sony is already having some pretty sizable success uh, coming back uh, with some additional uh, numbers that we're already getting just here on Sunday. So um, break it down. Yeah. So surprisingly, um, for those people that don't, don't realize this, Sony still controls Spider-Man on all facets on the silver screen. Uh, the TV screen's a little bit more nebulous, to be honest. It's a little funky. Video games right now, Sony has the rights as well. Um, so Spider-Man is a property that also has no home. There is no Sony streaming services. So right. Sony's actually playing the field, and actually they played it right because the streaming services right now are, are having a crisis of conscience. They, they're lacking talent they're losing content uh yeah so sony can make good stuff and then can get the highest paying bidder to show their stuff so i think they're in a good position sony Uh, sony is like uh you know your your single friend who uh just walks on water you know kind of goes from one to the next as opposed to you know us married chumps uh (laughs) who have to pay the bills you know what i mean where uh sony is just the, the, the bell of the ball out there being being wine well, and dine. excluding <laughs> morbius and venom which venom oh, okay, is like the is true. venom is the transformers of i mean i would say that where it's like they make a crap ton of money movie money but they're not good and then yeah. morbius was like ah, meme no, city yeah, yeah. No, so sir. Joe, um, and I think I want to get to the, the heart of this this story really quickly. Uh, Amy Pascal, which it, she is like the Catherine Kennedy of Spider Man. So yeah, yeah, kind of hated, reviled, but very successful. Um, you know, the fans are just not fans of either of them in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, but she was at the uh, at the carpet, uh, the red carpet event in Los the Angeles. Car- the carpet, the carpet event. <laughs> I don't know. They they changed the Oscars. It's now gold carpet. So I guess it's a carpet event. Pick your color. Um, depending if it's at the cleaners uh, getting done. But um, right. Amy Pascal was asked um, if we'd ever see a Spider-Woman or live action Miles Mor- Morales movies. And if they're in the works, she said, it's all happening. And then producer Avi Arad, uh, who actually was the guy behind the original Spider-Man films yeah. uh, back when they first came out. He says, "You'll Spider-Man movie, Spider-Woman movie is sooner than you expect, but I can't tell you yet, but it's coming. So this is not like your uncle's friend works at Sony that tells you the thing. This is not like your uncle Nintendo. This is the people that control this franchise saying right. it's happening. If and Sony yeah. is a publicly controlled uh, company, so they can't just lie or they right. could, I guess, and then say, oh, that never worked out and whatever. But when we hear that, um, it just makes me one thing excited and one time worried because I would say the only thing they've done great has been animated two animated films. Right. Outside right. of that. True. Nothing else has been great because Marvel essentially has done all the production, the uh, producing, the 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 just everything else. But Sony just said, "Okay, you can do it." That's the only thing Sony did. So I I am nervous that this could go terribly wrong, 
and we might regret it's like the monkey paw right so this could be yeah. our monkey paw moment right the frogurt right. you know the frogurt it's 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 frogurt it's good right but you know yeah exactly. you know the bit exactly. from the simpsons yeah so right. with that i will turn it over to joe yes. uh joe you are our spider-man ringer we bring you in i mean charlie is 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 our spider-man mind trust but you are spider-man spider-man man on the street man with on the, the street. ear to the ground playing the games um what do you think of this uh, I think so. You're right. <laughs> Venom, Venom is dreadful. Mo- Morbius is uh, Morbid. downright. Downright. Morby? Is that a new? Awful. Is that a new term? We can just say it's Morby. Mighty Morby yeah. Power Rangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To to the core. Why did this thing exist? Oh, boy. Um, but I'm hoping that Sony takes the right lessons learned from the Spider Verse movies and applies that to their live action. Um, you know, they, they see that they have something here, especially with Sony animation. They're actually, their track record's pretty, pretty stellar. But like we, when you take a look at what this, the, you know, across the spider verse has done, it's beaten all the predictions so far. And then you get to, um, you know, what it's achieved artistically. I think Amy and team knows that there's something here that they, they have to tap into because they saw what Morbius did. Right. And I think if, if they're smarter than hopefully smarter than I think they are, they realize the <laughs> reason why Venom brings in the cash is because he's Venom. That those movies aren't great, but it's Venom and we are dying to see anything Venom. Right. No, Joe, uh, it's Venom from the awesome it, I like Venom. Eminem song. Yeah. Venom. Yeah. I got yeah. done to get him. I'm Venom. <laughs> no, God, no. Uh, <laughs> no, Marshall couldn't even say that. Yeah, right. So, you know, t- to me, I'm hoping they take the right lessons here, apply them to a Spider-Woman and apply them to a Miles Morales because they they mean something to a lot of people. Um, so that's what I'm hoping they take from this is like, hey, listen, there's genuinely two spider people here that people seem to really love. That's Miles and 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 Gwen, right? And we can make something special out of this. And at the same exact time, we could still use Peter for the MCU stuff or we could have our spider spider people here. Right. And forget about the Venom verse, create a spider verse. Sure. Know? Yes, the uh, multiverse really does wash everybody's hands of everything. Because in particular yeah. with Spider-Man, everything is its own canon because there's all there's 50 gajillion different universes as mm-hmm. you can see if you're watching YouTube. Todd's delightful background is the web of life, which uh, we learned from the Spider-Verse comics. It's every spider totem in existence, not just mm-hmm. Peter Parker, not just Miles Morales, not just, you know, Gwen. It's everything. So yeah, yeah lots of possibilities lots and so that that's what i'm hoping they take from this because let's be honest right when we let's not write off two good animated films those are also probably two of the best superhero movies yeah just i agree undoubtedly yeah it's it's even something i think marvel could even start taking some notes from right like pixar could take definitely take some notes all their stuff it's like yeah that's pixar (laughs) you know who took notes you know who took notes on this of all the movies you thought like oh that series even exists puss in boots the last wish movie they 
changed their animation style and they aped some things from Cyberverse. And that's why people, and then, I don't that's know, they, they just read it. And that movie did really well and people loved it. They're like, the artwork's fantastic. It doesn't feel generic. It doesn't feel like we took Despicable Me and we made it a Mario movie, which yeah, I yeah. love the Mario movie, but man, that movie right. is about as... It feels uninspired in the animation style. It aped it and did it well, but yeah, nothing yeah. about that movie felt like it was inspired by people that really wanted to really Lo- love explore Mario yeah, because yeah. Nintendo said you can't explore Mario because he has no story. We're not allowing you. So not a great partner, but they did right. enough to be one of the biggest movies of the year. This one's kind of exciting. And that is the only thing that would always say, I, I don't want Disney to take over Spider-Man. I want them to use Spider-Man, but not take it over because it means that Disney is going to have their standard playbook and we don't get shots like we don't right. get like big, big, big shots. Because if you don't take a big, big opportunity swings. to big if, swings, if you yeah. don't take those, you don't get those. And right now I would love it if and this is kind of crazy, man, talking. I would love it if Disney said, you know what? We are an animation studio from let's give let's give Sony Animation Studios and the right people. Lord and Miller, Rick, Lord and Miller the head of Marvel animation. Oh, absolutely. Whoa, boy. Man, Wouldn't oh, man. Wouldn't that be amazing? And Lord Miller have a fantastic amazing. track record, and they've nailed it so many different genres. The Lego movie. Who thought that would work? Right? Right. Yeah. And there's such a great Lego component in this movie we're going to talk about. I'm so excited. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So much to say. We have so many Easter eggs in this. But um, I just thought this was interesting because I, I know people want to see, uh, uh, you know, Miles come to stream. And, and he's a fantastic character. And even yeah. one of the – and it was funny. I saw this too on, on Stranger Things. Uh, the, young, the young black actor who's played one of the kids wants to be Miles Morales. And, you know, I'm like, that's not a bad idea. He is a good actor. He's right. we, we, but is he too much of a known quantity? I don't think because he just has stranger things. And yeah, I don't know true. what Shamik Moore looks like. I don't know his his physicality, his actual. Right. I mean, he's a good oh, voice no, actor. He can, he, yeah, he can. He could play the prowler. Oh, perhaps. could he? Oh, oh yeah. OK. OK. Yeah, he's yeah, he's. Oh, he, got yeah, it. Yeah, he's older. Yeah, as I recall. OK, so, anyway. so there you go. So maybe he plays a character other than Miles, but we get somebody else. So um, this right. is really exciting and I hope it turns out well. But I just I. I don't want to be hurt again. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, Spider Spider Man has has Spider Man. You know, point to the doll where Spider Man hurt you. It's it's happened to me as a lifelong fan. I totally agree. So okay, well let's move on to something that's somewhat tertiary to Spider Man, but not really. But it does touch my other favorite Marvel hero. So amazing Spider Man writer J. Michael Straczynski returning to Marvel for a new Captain America series this fall. Um, Joe, as uh, a you know long-term obvious uh, comics Spider-Man reader, uh, you're familiar with his run, which was in the the early aughts. Uh, he wrote one of the really, I think, standout ones. He wrote was the post 9/11 uh, Spider-Man issue, which was amazing, so to speak. I, I hate to use that word, but it was just all that <laughs> I could come up with. But yeah, his big, uh, the big overshadowing of his great run was the much reviled One More Day saga which broke apart uh broke apart um blah 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 peter and mary jane through mephisto uh wanting because their love was so pure he had to have it and so he made it so they were never married and blah 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 and yeah it's my favorite spike lee film he gotta have it (laughs) he gotta have it mo betta butta so, um, so yeah, so now Straczynski is looking to return um, to write for Captain America. I will admit I have not been a regular Captain America reader since probably the mid-aughts when the whole Winter Soldier thing came along. That was an amazing series. And the, Mark, was Mark Wade the writer of that? 
or who was the who who did the whole Winter Soldier bit? Uh, that was Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker, thank you very much. That was to me the last you know you know super groundbreaking thing that that Captain America has done in comics, but. But yeah, this seems great. Um, I, I, I ebb and flow with comics. I usually never follow something on a monthly basis. I'm back into reading Amazing Spider-Man right now, but I'm catching up on Marvel Unlimited, and I'll talk about that in the Geek Easy as well. But um, that still leaves me a couple of issues back because there's a three-month lag. But I don't know, Todd, would this be... I mean, you have never been like a steady Eddie with Captain America, have you? But would this be something you'd check out? Um, and Charlie, I, I apologize because when I saw this headline, I'm like, for some reason, I thought Mark Wade was doing this. So I'm like, oh, it's Mark Wade. I love him. He's a great writer. He's awesome. I, oh, I, it's I, Michael Straczynski. I know I his. Don't, his yes. I don't know how any more clear it could be than the words Michael Straczynski. I know. I, okay. I don't know. My brain, my brain went that way. But um, yeah, yeah, and I do worry because he was very controversial on all of those things with Spider-Man. But he's done really good right. comic work elsewhere. Right. He also created Babylon 5. So. Um, it's kind of a mix. We're not talking uh, about that. <laughs> no, no, we are not. Um, but, uh, you know, Captain America is a character just like Batman that I think you can do a lot with him right. and Def. has been done with him over time. Um, he's been old. He's been young. He's been a werewolf. Um, you know, what, what else could you ask? Uh, unless we're getting, uh, you know, he turns into a vampire, which he probably could. Um, Bat- but Batman's been a vampire. <clears throat> based on this cover that we're seeing, if that's the inspiration, then maybe we're getting a look back at Cap's past, which, and it may Maybe it's one of those series where it does a little bit of fast forward and fast back. Like he's inspired by things that happened to him in his past and they come to fruition. Like, you know, everybody's got closets. Uh, you know, Captain America's got a pretty big closet because his uniforms are so bulky. So there could be so a lot of skeletons in, right. in the back. Maybe he's got a secret door that there's more skeletons behind. So I could see that work. Um, and Straczynski is a good writer. And um I would be curious, and obviously the the right the artist Jesus Sayas. Uh, I looked at his art; he's been doing Doctor Strange. His art is phenomenal, so that makes yeah. me uh, interested in this, especially as a character uh, as a character that is evergreen. They have to keep alive and make him do interesting things. Uh, this could be really good. So, Marvel Unlimited is where I will check it out. Good deal. I like it. Uh, how about you? how about you, Joey Jojo? Uh, man, I'm interested. I'm optimistic. I love me some Cap. So. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, good deal. All right, and we will see that in, I already closed the window, I think in August or September is when that's that's noted. So If it's uh, a submission, usually it's three months ahead, right, yeah, with previous? Yeah, ex- exactly correct. So, okay, Todd, uh, it's so funny. This is a horror movie that is, is so widely regarded, but I didn't see it till I was an adult. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, I saw it probably on channel 50, Charlie syndication, yeah, yeah. like the horror, their horror or count, Sp- uh, count scary came on, maybe said, Hey, it's the thing probably saw a heavily edited version. And oh, then I sure. finally saw the real version as probably a late high schooler college kid. Um, Joe, right. have you seen the thing? I have never because it's, it's a horror movie, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And I don't mess with horror. No, I'm, fair. I'm starting to, I'm starting to mess with horror. But this is this is one I think I saw like I think I saw like the end of it like someone turns into something gross and then that's, I was just that's like, the whole movie it. I, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and then and and I was like seven so that scarred right. me for life oh god so, no. Uh, okay I, no it couldn't this couldn't be me <laughs> and it was it was remade in the I think 2011 I think somebody came back well no it wasn't remade movie. it was a prequel so so we've oh, had but of course. so we've actually so okay. the thing was uh an 80 1982 uh John Carpenter decided he was going to remake a movie from the 1950s so 1950s had a mishmash of good and bad horror films so it was just kind of like cinema they were it was that that, that the drive-in movie was kind of thing so he said I want to 
make that, but basically it's it's a he said I mean he's going to take it from a lens of who can you trust, kind of like uh, the whole Cold War, um, yeah, and yeah. and it's 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 a it's basically it could be on the Mount Rushmore of science fiction horror. It's way right. up there uh, and known for its special effects uh, that are practical. Stan Winston, it's yep, amazing. Yep, You've yep, probably yep, seen yep. clips from it, but uh, there was a prequel in 2011 that came out there's actually yeah, there even a go. video game based on that oh. and that one used primarily uh sfx that were digital and they came out years later to say oh we actually did it practically but they didn't the studio said do it all digitally so there actually is practical effects there that they could re-release the film but apparently oh. they haven't but that movie was kind of forgotten and it was yeah. more about building on the mythology of yeah. Uh, this alien creature that comes in and can ape any any living species. Right. And this movie, you know, the way that I don't want to give anything with the way of thing, because it is a classic. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil it. I highly recommend without a doubt. Yeah. But the end of the movie is open to interpretation. Like, where is right. it going to what could happen next? We don't know. And that's what makes right. it so good. But, like Your yeah. imagination will take you places. And it. it I think it ended with uh, uh, Keith David and then Kurt Russell uh, as the. <laughs> As two of the characters that were present at the end of the film, and you don't know what happened to them. So, yes, open to interpretation. I don't, I don't know if, that, if that's a spoiler. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we also are talking about a 40-year-old movie, so I think it's okay. But yes. and, and Joe's like, I, Joe's not making a decision. He's not a spoiler judge, so we'll yeah. go from there. But oh, and with that, judge. I'll allow it. And, and John Carpenter hasn't made a thing since 2011. He's actually content to sit on his couch, so yeah. he'll smoke a lot of pot, play Destiny and other video games. And uh, apparently, he, he directed a TV series remotely from, uh, like, from his couch, was giving direct to performers and all these things in like Yugoslavia as they filmed a new TV series. So the dude's like, that's awesome. I love it. I like money. Money, please. That's his con, con phrase. I'll do it, but let's talk money. So he's he's a realist and he's a smart guy. Very funny old guy. He kind of looks like also, a, a cranky he's prospector. About a, he's heard things about a Dead Space movie. So let's go. Exactly. Right. That was the other thing. And he would have been perfect for because Dead Space is highly inspired by the thing right. as well. Um, and so he typically he would just shoot this down. But he was on a con and essentially the Texas Frightmare Weekend. And he and he says, I don't know if there will be. There may be a thing, too. That's typically he says, I've been sworn to secrecy. So I could see him maybe not direct it, but be a producer on the thing and do something new with the thing. If we know anything about horror films, they always come back especially yeah. what we've seen lately. They make a lot of money and a franchise with notoriety. It's silly to leave it there. And I don't know if anybody has the power to say we, we won't make it because um, nobody owns the rights, except I believe is it universal? Maybe I don't no. know. There's a studio who owns the rights, but the studio is definitely not one to say, no, we have too much integrity that we won't, <laughs> we won't make a movie for money. Oh my goodness. Holy cow. Well, we will find out. But again, yeah, this, that's the most vaguest of the, well, I really can't say anything. So we'll find out. But uh, one thing that's going to be on all of our radar, I would imagine, in the next uh, 30 days, just in the next few weeks, is the final Indiana Jones movie. Indiana Jones 5, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. But Todd, you, you gave us this this article talking about Indy's last outing, which is very controversial. Controversial was 2008's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And the focus of this article you've dropped on us is uh, from executive producer slash screenwriter George Lucas, maybe you've heard of him, uh, who was instrumental in creating the property. 
uh, with George Lucas, very famously, if you don't know where it came from, in 1977, when Star Wars was going to come out, George was so riddled with anxiety, he said to his best buddy Spielberg, let's go to Hawaii on vacation just so I can chill out because I don't want to be anywhere close to L.A. as my movie is dropping. Turned out to be the, the biggest film of all time at that time. And while they were hanging out on the beach building sandcastles you know, and drinking Corona Light, they broke uh, they started to break the story of indiana jones which we got in raiders of the lost ark which april and i just watched we're doing a rewatch we just finished watching that this morning um in 1981 which was a, a huge success and brought harrison ford into his other very famous uh role but todd <laughs> uh this, so this article from den geek is talking about how lucas potentially envisioned a bigger uh extraterrestrial backdrop which would have given us indiana jones and the saucer men from Mars. And oh my goodness, hello. It's Mr. Bigglesworth. If you're watching us on YouTube, I had turned away, but yes, Todd has given us his kitty creature. Meow, meow. I, I um, don't know where the cat came from, quite honestly. That's the cat that nobody ever knows where the cat's at. Did he just, cat, uh, I don't did know. He just trapped appear? in a cave? I don't know. Yes, yeah. yes. Tilly, oh Tilly the Wonder Cat. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I am assuming she is Spider Cat, but oh well. Um, with that, yes, yes. Um, as the heading suggests, this uh, basically this this story that we got from Den of Geek, George Lucas's original Indiana Jones four four story was even worse than Crystal Skull. And then we go into it as the heading suggests. There was once an intention by Lucas, as well as the screenwriter, he tasked with the project Jeb Stewart. Never trusted Jeb. Never trusted Jeb. No, folks. not Je not Jeb no. Bush. Jeb. <laughs> yeah, Jeb. to turn he wanted to turn Indiana Jones into a 1990s sci-fi spectacular oh, that could have been sense. comparable to Independence Day. Particular if Saucer Men from Mars had gone into production before Roland Emmerich's famous Alien Invasion flick. So thank you, Independence Day. You saved yeah. us. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, Independence Day. It was a rah-rah great of its time. It gave us, I think, one of the worst sequels of of all time. And, and I talk about it frequently. But yeah, um, welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Would Harrison Ford, would Indiana Jones said, welcome to Earth? I don't think he would have thrown in the F, but that's OK. Um, <laughs> where do we all stand with Crystal Skull? It, for me, I was having this conversation with someone recently. My oldest son, Noah, was eight when that movie came out and he loved it. So I have the member berries. I've got the nostalgia gaggle, goggles about it. Um, it. Raiders of the Lost Ark is is arguably my favorite film, though Endgame is pretty close of the Avengers movies. But um yeah, it, it was. It, they, they have the even odds, or they have the odds and evens with the Indiana Jones movie. So one and three are great. Two is a little iffy. Four is more than a little iffy. And now we're coming out with the fifth one. But where do we stand on the Crystal Skull, gents? Joe, I think you're you're younger, so I don't yeah. even know cultural relevance for you with the Indiana Jones. Yeah, this is good. yeah, uh, uh, very big because uh, my father loved Indiana Jones, so that yeah. was one of the movies we bonded over. Nice. Um, so yeah, no, like the first Indiana is great. Second's all right. Third one, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then like that's where things get really, get really sour. I actually <laughs> like Indy one and two. I don't like three at all. Yeah, um, okay. It, and then four and uh, soon to be five. I, I'm excited to see five. Yeah, I know that same. it's controversial already. Uh, some of the early. It's very weird for Disney to go, hey, put out reviews of this movie that's a month away, and everybody's just like, it's all right. <laughs> that's helpful. All right. Yeah. Um, but at the same exact time, I don't hate Crystal Skull. I just feel like it's forgettable. True. Like, I watched True. it once that's or fair. twice, 
and I just forgot about it. Right. But I always, I, again, I have a soft spot for indie. So even like with the criticisms of five, like the weird CG face thing that Lucas really wants to make a thing, um, or Lucas Arts really wants to make a thing. Yeah. Film, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just, <clears throat> it, it, I'm 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 open I'm open to see the fifth one, but the fourth one is just again forgettable. I would here's my controversial statement, and I'm just gonna say it. All right, I'm not scared of saying it anymore. I would reboot it at this point. I me a new indie. Yeah, I I, think that that could be very healthy. Yeah, yeah. People get too gate like keepish over this stuff. Like indie's a great like period piece. And listen, at the end of the day, just leave it alone. I get it, but this is Hollywood. Like, let's let's get real with ourselves. Here. There is no leaving it alone in Hollywood. There's yeah. never leaving it alone. If there's could be money on the table, right? But like, yeah, let let's see what someone else's vision, what someone else's indie looks and sounds and feels like. Right. You know, a lot like uh, for example, like a lot of people with the solo movies, like this didn't need to happen. He's not he's a Han, and then they're like, okay, so we'll. I mean, we'll we'll keep Harrison Indy, and they're like, he's too old, the weird right. CG face. It's like, all right, so what do we do? Like, let's relax. So, to me, I I know I know it's a very controversial take of like someone else could be Indy. He can, you know, right. the hat could be passed down, the whip can be passed down. It, it is like, just the hat. They've been doing it with James Bond for sixty yeah. years. Yeah. So, so um, they they were I know doing it with Matlock, the one franchise you can never ah, replace. Someone Ben Matlock oh replaced with an old woman, white woman. Come oh, on, Kathy Bates, oh who are God. you? I don't even know. I don't even know what you're. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's a real thing. Oh, Matlock is coming back, and Kathy no. Bates is playing Matt, Ben Matlock. Oh my yes. God, Ben Jamin. Uh, wow. Yeah, I um, I don't know, Todd. Okay, what about you? Okay, so. Um, I feel like the 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 Indiana Jones trilogy that we got before, you know, we had that long gap um, had its ups and downs. The first movie is obviously a classic. The second movie I loved because it was the first Indiana Jones movie I saw at the theater. That was great. There was a little kid being in charge. There was like like violence and stuff and crazy adventures, monkey brains. What else could you love than that? The Thuggy Warriors. There was a video game based on that could play at the arcade. Very, very cool. Then the third movie. I thought was a kind of more return to form, yep. but I could see then people feel like it was a little too emotional, like, oh, it's my dad and you know, whatever. But I right. thought that was like a pretty good cool arc, trilogy. Like, it's kind of like the exact opposite of Star Wars, where it's like right. you know, the original trilogy had like that arc in the middle. It's kind of like yeah. the exact top. So, it, you know, so it is what it is. The fourth movie it is of the time more so than the other movies. I felt like those other movies are like timeless. The the, the fourth one felt like it was like, oh, we've got technology we can use. And Lucas loves technology. Right, exactly. Um, And just like the prequels, I think – this movie is the, the you know the crystal skull is getting some of that well it's my indie so i'm going to love it regardless of quality True. it's nostalgia that puts uh that, that that heartwarming feeling of when you watched it rather than the quality of what it was so it's it's hard to parse but to me i just there was just too many like it was a cookie cutter movie it was like oh we got to have a happy ending so here's marion coming back and we're going to get married it was just like this movie had no edge to it 
Right. It was bland. It was blunted. The, it was it was a this, blunt edge. Yeah. Yeah. So I could not call it one thing that was like awesome in that movie that really stood out was like a high point. Whereas at least the prequels, you could say, well, Duel of the Fates. That's the oh, high right. point. The music. Right. So right. with that right. movie, though, I mean, and it, the only thing people keep calling out are the things that were just lame and can't believe they got in the movie. The so, uh, the swing the the uh, Shia swinging on the ropes with the monkeys. Exactly. The, hell so of to, fake CGI. Yeah. Yeah. Real bad. To Joe's point, though, the worst thing that this can be this movie can be is is uh, forgetful, not taking any risks, not really reaching and just be kind of forgetful or do some things that just feel like of the time again. So I'm hoping it's better than that. But all the reviews we're hearing are from critics. And I think at this point, people don't always trust critics because it seems like the critics didn't love Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I had a hell of a time in that movie. Totally. And it totally. was so weird. And it seemed like the audience liked it too. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't always trust the people that are at Cannes. I mean, Cannes is not known for like, we love these fun, exciting movies. We want critically acclaimed, but we'll give everyone a five minute <laughs> standing ovation, including right. Johnny Depp. Right. Why not? Oh, my goodness. Well, crazy. We And, and we will find out about... Uh, Dial of Destiny. Uh, Todd, I know that we're we're doing our spoiler cast a little bit later because we have a really yes. super cool, I would even call him a celebrity guest who's going to be joining us for that one, so I'm kind of excited about that, but that will happen in Ju- uh, uh, a little later in July. A little, we're I think, having the, the swordsman from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, he, oh, got, shot. he got unshot. Alright, but anyway, that is the end of the news. Todd, time to get out that Fuber, that feeble Uber app. It is time to get down uh, to the nastiest place in town. Ooh, I can't put the new I like that. Time to get down to the nastiest place in town. I am talking about the Geek Easy in Skuggsville. It's where we can talk about what we're enjoying this week. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting the Geek Easy drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So with Joe, the man of the hour. Oh, my goodness. Uh, You're going to talk about a show that we've all Watched and wept over. Whoa, oh, so much weapon. Before we get into this, boys, uh, let me get the tissues out of here. Oh, please. Yeah. I only, oh, got, I only, got, uh, only oh. got. I've got a headband. Does that count? <laughs> Put well, across I, my nose. Splash, <laughs> water, splash water in my face. Um, how many cr- times did we each cry during the end of Ted Lasso? Uh, it was at least for maybe three or four or five times. Yeah. I was, I wasn't counting, but yeah, I think, I, I think five or six is fair. I was on my elliptical and doing exercising and watching like emotionally. It's I, I had to stop. I'm like, I'm not going to watch the rest of this now. Cause I, yeah. it doesn't work. Your body's yeah. like, I'm working out, but I'm like also like, Oh, oh my goodness. It's a yeah. bad situation. The, the endorphins combine it. And so, Oh my gosh, you know, and, and I'll say, uh, if yeah. I might for a second that this was Thanks a show, this was a show that I wholly oh, resist. Oh, stop it! I resisted the show as I've said for for three yeah. years. I had I had extra. I had Mark up my butt about it. it's the greatest thing it's ever. Like, we were oh, that, we were we were Game of Thrones behind Charlie as he walked to the streets naked, saying shame. Right, shame. And, and, that, and that was another show that it took me a long time to get into Game of Thrones. But I digress. But I'll tell you, you no, know, April and I finally gave this another shot about two or three months ago, and we were all the way into it and so and and that's what we've been we we finished it uh strong and then we got to this episode oh my god but anyway joe back to you sorry yes uh no i mean listen no spoilers here i want everybody to watch this show so i want to just talk about what first off they don't say season like 
They don't say this is the final season. They've never said it's the final season. True. But True. things are obviously things are obviously changing in a really big ways. Um, but if they wanted to end the show, this is how you do it. Yep. And um, it felt really, really, it felt really, really powerful because the show is not about winning it all the show is like you know it's a it's, not, it's barely even a sports show at right. its heart like i actually right, think this exactly. final episode is the most sports we actually see from it and i think it's because this match has much more meaning to it and its meaning do- isn't tied to a trophy the 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 meaning is it's tied to bettering yourself mm-hmm. and bettering yourself and others through just sheer acts of kindness yeah um it really this 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 show does a great job of just like just treat everybody good yeah (laughs) just just treat everybody with a little bit of respect um be a ted lasso be the ted lasso you want to see in the world goldfish yeah be a goldfish yeah be a goldfish and like it's i you know the one thing i will say it's like it's at the at the end of the show it's not about him and I think that is the most powerful thing um, where the right. show is so good. You don't have a favorite, uh, a favorite character. You, you just yeah. have like each, like I, um, I got my best friend Amy into the show and she's just like, I don't even know who my favorite character is. Like they're all great. Right. We're all rooting for them. They're all like, you know, char- I think the show has done such a great job of, Hey, here's this person that you hate that's reviled and we're going to make them so relatable and human um, that you can't help but to love them and root for them to change and then watch them change and cheer for that. Right. Like it yeah. does such a good job of like, no, there's, there's really only one true villain here and we're not going to tackle them with, with the way you think there is a yeah. really good, I think season three's episode, I think two or three, they do a really awesome thing of like, it's not, this show is not going to end the way you think. Cause we're having this episode right here, right now. And yeah. uh, so to me, everything about the season though, I, I'll be honest though, not my favorite season. Cause I, there is some weird writing that just things happen by, via happenstance, I think towards right. the end. Sure. Um, but everything ties together so well in this finale that, yeah, it, it feels, it feels good. Right. Um, so even though we're saying what could be our goodbyes, yeah, um, it, it feels it, it still feels good. You know, it's right? very British in the way that if yeah. it ended now, that would be very British because most of their series don't last unless it's like upstairs, downstairs, or the West Enders. I mean, those yeah. shows go on for like decades, it's not forever. Uh, yeah, like the Simpsons. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, to that point, uh, this was a weird season. I was talking to friends. We were out at the Mexican restaurant, sweating to death, but having a good time <laughs> recounting the season and how a lot of characters did get great arcs and yeah. they could leave this alone. There was a lot of great moments that were touchstones to other things. There was certain care. And that was a, that was a point of the show at the end. Can people really change? And that was brought up by one of the characters who's gone through a change and didn't realize it. He didn't, he didn't think he had done that. And in its point, because they did say it was, they kept on going back and forth. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. And great, great, you know, beard talking about like things that are perfect. And I, right. I love that, that, that banter with yeah. the diamond dogs, but there was one character I felt like 
he resisted. No, no, not, no, not specific. I'm not, I'm not saying names. I'll just say he resisted changed. And because he resisted change, even though I thought he was going that way, he got comeuppance that he deserved. And I'm glad it happened that way because I thought he was going in the right direction too. didn't. So yeah. I think that was perfect. Um, fair, and, and a caveat, fair. the way this aligns up with real life, yeah. uh, where Ted and, was missing his family and wants to. And I really, yeah. and I really love that part where it's like, and there are some people that can't change, but what do we, how do we actually act to those people? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think one of the characters does it the absolute best. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, goes to show how, again, how brilliant the writing is for each one of these characters. Like, yeah, most people can change, but also most people are stuck in their ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Other, especially old folks. Yeah. Some old folks. Yeah. Um, and I just want to call it the, the reason why the show might be ending in its current form is because Jason Sudeikis, once again, Ted Lasso, who is missing his son away out of the country. Same thing for Jason Sudeikis. He sure. has gone through a divorce with Olivia Wilde and he wants to be back in the country with his kids. So it's very much right. a True. real life acting. So um, yeah. and yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, with that and Charlie, I don't want to cut you off from anything saying, but I think ultimately there was only one character I thought where um, – their arc in this last season, I felt was kind of crappy, and I wish it hadn't just gotten the moment it did in the show because I felt yeah. like yeah. that was a miss. But everything else I thought was just really, really well done. And the, the, uh, it, su- yeah. the, the sudden switch, yeah, yeah. If I'm alluding to it right, Todd, there was like I, a sudden I, switch. I think so, and I just felt like okay, somebody obviously. There, there could have been more time and effort and love given to that versus this didn't feel like it was coming from the same show, to be honest. Yeah. Yes. Fair. Yeah. Fair, if fair, I, fair. if it's the character that I'm thinking of, that's why I didn't like, it was like the third to last episode. And I'm like, why did this happen? Maybe. And we're asking that same question and we're just like, well, this is really sudden. And the, the change to me didn't make, it made sense, but I, I don't think it was illustrated well. Well, yeah. we'll have to talk about this after because okay. I might be confused now because okay. I think so, but I'm not 100% sure because some people have certain feelings about certain characters and alignments <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But more to the point, um, it's awesome. I'm I'm a convert of this. Uh, I didn't think I would be. Um, but again, the best uh, programs are about the characters and not about the subject matter. And so it's not like, oh, it's a sports show. And maybe may initially in my mind, that's why I resisted it. But having gotten pulled in the way it is and just finding about all the the beautiful touching moments uh, yeah. with the characters throughout um, is really what delivered. So anyway, Tad Lasso, uh, Tad Lasso, Tad, Tad Lasso. Tad Lasso. Is that Tad how you pronounce that in, yeah, Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tad right. Lasso, all episodes now streaming on Apple uh, TV, TV plus. plus Apple plus TV anyway. So, well, Hey, let's, oh, let's oh, move Charlie. On. I was just going to ask the group really quick. If we don't get a third, if we don't get a fourth season, is there any character you would like to get a spinoff? Uh, Roy and Jamie. Yes. Yes. Roy they and- have a really good comp. They have a really good, good chemistry. chemistry. Good and chemistry. I think Agreed. there is one episode in particular with them, uh, where they're, de- they're definitely floating the idea of, this could be its own show. Right. There's once there's a tea party scene where I was like, there, yeah, this is, there, this, this is, 
they're introducing something new. And um, Roy is one of the writers, I believe, or producers yeah. on the show oh, really? too. I, that, yeah. I did, that I did not know. Very and he's yeah. also producing the show Shrinking, which you should definitely watch. We oh, have. So cool. we, I had no yeah. idea that was him. We we haven't, Todd. Have you knocked that one out as well? Uh, no, I'm on episode four. Okay, but well, yeah. So you're halfway because I believe it's I believe it's a 10, 10 episode season. It deals so. with death. It deals with loss, but it's very yeah. Exactly yes. correct. All um, right, cool. Are Charlie, we? What was uh, your, what, uh, my pick was Mace Bar. Bring it oh. back. To cheers. Oh, there you go. I liked. Yeah, very much so. Very, pub. It was a pub, not a bar. Um, all right. How are we handling the rest of this? We already talked that. Uh, uh, Joe, are you touching on something else? That's it. That's all I got. Ted Lassie. All Let's right. Turdler. So, well, I'll, I'll jump into talking about Apple TV Plus, another show. I hinted at this last week, and it's it's only four episodes in. So we we were blasting through it, as April and I usually do. We'll put something on. We're like, oh, cool, and it'll just roll the next episode. But yeah. I mentioned uh, Platonic, which is the reteaming of Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne from what was it? What were those movies they did? Was it Neighbors or Bad yes. Bad Neighbors? Yeah. Um, which were silly. They were li- living next door to a frat house with Zac Efron. This was from, you know, maybe 10 years ago. Yep. Um, but they uh, it's set in L.A. It's two uh, two platonic friends who've not spoken in many, many years. And Seth Rogen is going through a divorce. And the reason that his platonic best friend, who's played by Rose Byrne, really stopped hanging out with him is that she uh, Rose Byrne hated uh, Seth's wife. So now that she's out of the picture, they start to become friends again, and they just go on to have a myriad of misadventures. And it's just it, it's outrageous, but it's filled with um, the exact same type of humor that you would really expect from anything that Seth is involved in. Uh, and this is definitely a, an improvement over the other Apple TV Plus show I was watching, Rose Burnin, which is physical, which we enjoyed during the first season. It was dark. It gets way darker in the second season, and we just gave up on it. Uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I would recommend it. But yeah, we were blasting through. It's new on Wednesdays, and there are four episodes in of what I'm assuming is a, a 10 episode season. That just tends to be standard fare. So, um, you got is it really a comedy or is it a little bit of dramedy? Uh, I mean, it's 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 not a silly sitcom kind of thing. There's always drama involved in some fashion, but yeah. that is really the focus. Because like the the most re- recent episode, uh, Rose decides to to throw. Um, Seth's character a divorce party, which they they do and they go out, but it's divorce and drinking and and they end up you know in the bathroom stall doing cocaine, but it's played for laughs. <laughs> if you no, can I, picture that, I remember seeing that trailer. Yeah, that yeah, trailer. So, yeah, they show that. So yeah, yeah, so I wouldn't say that there's there's terribly much dr- dramatically involved, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. about Rose Byrne and the fact that you know she's a, a lawyer who hasn't practiced law, but her husband just gets made partner at a firm and how she's feeling marginalized, and so there's definitely that dramatic aspect to it. But yeah. So so much of it is is really played for laughs because it's so uh, it's some uh, silly so fun so, so next season they're going to basically become drug dealers like they're going to set up a, a lab and 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 sell phenadrine and, and hey, all these look, other things. I mean the the format works without a doubt. So uh, and then real quick, I did uh, I am continuing uh, to read the Amazing Spider Man as I'd been mentioning. Mm. I'm caught up now uh, to issue twenty, and of course. Issue 26, which we talked about last week, is the big death issue uh, that we don't need to talk that much about. But um, reading along, you know, I, I had talked about there is, you know, the the 
the the dark web one, which I wasn't super crazy about. And then they got into they got into a couple of filler issues, which had a different creative team, Zeb and uh, JRJR stepped out. Um, and we had and uh, Joe, are you also kind of current with your reading? Are you a regular reader? Oh no, no, I am not a regular reader whatsoever. Gotcha. Super dyslexic. So I take my time. I understand. Well, I mean, for me, I come back to Amazing Spider-Man about once a year, and then I'll blast out those 12 issues, and then I'll be, and then I have to wait. Um, this had a different creative team, and while the story was kind of fun because it was it was a spin on uh, the Sinister Six, it was the Silicon Six. You know, it had to do with six characters who were aping um, tech and selling tech um in supervillain roles and it was the black cat and and peter are currently involved in a relationship the uh while the story was great the art was some of the worst that i've seen in a very long time it was very unfinished like peter uh, was Al little girl came back yeah it was great <laughs> no but like peter peter was sitting at the dining room table with may and it was it was a two shot it was pulled out a little bit and um it was it was like a watercolor may had no she had no face like it was Peter talking to May, and it was so fuzzy that yes, while she had a word bubble, no face. It was like it was it was it was like a Monet. Is that better than like a hot Aunt May? Do we want I, a hot May, Aunt May in the comics? Yeah, hot, well, uh, no face Aunt May. That's a different variety of it. So I don't a know. Butterface Aunt May. I don't know. Sorry. Butterface. So anyway, I'm looking for in issue twenty just dropped. So I'm looking forward to um, uh, getting into the next bracket of it, which obviously ends with. The, the the death issue that happens six issues from now but anyway uh obviously available on uh marvel unlimited if you don't have marvel unlimited we've had it for about a decade i absolutely love it couldn't do without it um just about most all of marvel content is available there and more is added all the time so plug 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 disney send us some money i'm, I'm plug plug plugging for you money um, please money please all right todd take us home uh yeah so mine is definitely going to be the lightest of the, the things we've talked about which is uh long time coming uh essentially getting a prequel to gremlins uh this is gremlins secrets of the mogwai it's on hbo max it's one of the originals uh this was shown a couple years ago they were making this it's animated and it is essentially uh, telling more about the the, the mogwai um it is set in 1920s Oh my. Uh, they weren't specific about the country, but it is an Asian country. So I assume well, China, sure. um, where it's really talking about um, it's a mission to get the Mogwai back to their homes after they were uh, Gizmo actually is is uh, taken oh, really? away it's by Gizmo. a giant bird. Okay. It's it's like no nefarious means, but then he gets hopped into kind of a situation where uh, the the Mogwai are in, at this point known to be mythical creatures, mm. um, and everyone would like to own them. Um, and so it's that type of situation. So it's kind of like a it's starting very light. It's 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 definitely feels like it's an all four, not just for like just for kids. Feels like yeah. it's hitting on like those all ages, which is great. Uh, animations. It's okay. It's a little washed out at times. Um, it, it seems a little bit TV animation style. Uh, it's CGI, so it's not bad. Uh, it could be better. Uh, but the cast is pretty good. Um, I mean, as I look at the um, the cast, it's got a lot of uh, famous Asian actors, which is great. So it's got B.D. Wong, who's been uh, he's been like the the uh, the Order doctor thing. in yeah, Law and Order, lots of Jurassic different things. World, yeah. Ma Ning, uh, Ming Na Wen, who actually just got a star in the. Hollywood Walk of Fame. She plays the mother 
then James Hong, who is, as my wife you, always points, my wife is Asian. Yeah. He is the old Asian guy you get to be in everything. He, and, and she's he's, like, and he's from there in Minnesota, isn't he? Titus and Twins. Exactly. And he yeah. has like the most, he has so many roles. I mean, he was in uh, so many things. Don't want to talk about James Hong. He is fantastic. He already has his walk, uh, star in the Walk of Fame. But um, it's a lot of great voice acting and, and, um, Oh God, he's the guy that was on the Americans. Jamie, is it Rise Reese Reese? Oh, Matt, Matt Reese. Matt Reese. He plays. He's plays the bad guy. So good gotcha. voice talent in this, and yeah. it is awesome. It's twenty two minutes long. It's great for all ages, and I'm and it's basically going to teach me more about them. The the, the Gremlins. Um, I don't. I'm assuming I've told this story before, but Gremlins. When I watched it at the theater. My mom had to take me out because right. I was so scared of what was going to happen to the professor or the, the when they was experimenting on the gremlin. I'm like, oh, oh that's right. Oh. Yeah. The, I was uh, like the nine yeah, years the, old at the time. So I was yeah, like, oh, the science teacher. Yeah. And I, I echo that with my ex-wife had to be carried, carried screaming out of E.T. And she was, you know, six years old. So the kind of same thing. Yeah traumatizing okay. the kids that was the 80s that was yeah the 80s. so I'm, I'm i'm confronting my fears by watching mogwai where do we find that where, if we want to watch max it. uh has uh four episodes out so far oh it's all on right. hbo max all right cool well all right well that is the uh that is the end of the geek easy we uh time to pull out that air Qantas app the land down under awaits uh with the mutants and a hologram tina so that we can talk about across the spider-verse let's go Thank you, Tina. The mutants have been gathered for a topic or game to be entertained. And this week, we're talking across the Spider-Verse. This is our roundtable discussion of this movie. And uh, there will be spoilers. So if you have not seen yes. the movie, come Buckle back up. so we can have an unfettered discussion about all things we loved, uh, were confused by, and where our brain went when we were in the spots holes. Um, <laughs> so, so with that point, we are going to start with just the, uh, the boilerplate pieces what we always do is kind of break down kind of like who directed this thing give the people their credit for where credit is due for making this awesome film so it's directed by joaquin dos santos kemp powers justin k thompson uh written by phil lord christopher miller david callaham han ham not han ham uh, ham and it um and then produced by Avia Rod, Amy Pascal, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Christina Steinberg. And this is where we get more into the, the, the beats, which is great because a lot of the roles were not shown with voices because there was a lot of cool cameos. So who right. at least was was documented as having roles were Shamik Moore as our as our hero Miles, Haley Steinfeld as um, Gwen, uh, Brian Tyree Henry as uh, Captain Mor uh, Oh God, it's Captain Morales, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, he they promoted. Yeah, I, it's funny they go back and forth with the last name because I feel like in the first film, it, they didn't both have the same last name. Like he had a different last name. Help us out here, Joe. Listen, old white man, he took his <laughs> wife's name. Simple okay, as that. I wasn't sure. That's, yeah, fair. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. No, Absolutely. I, I actually, we, have, we, we have couples friends that they, they have a hyphenated last name. That's both of their last names and then the kids have that as well so you They're know what a bit more you got progressive. it bit more Perfect. progressive than us us midwestern yokels so right. like the insurance company yes, yes 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 uh then luna Ver, uh, lauren verlez was playing rio uh yeah. jake johnson back as uh casual spider-man jason Reed. schwartzman as the uh dot or spot sorry spot. Issa Rae as spider woman daniel kaluuya as uh, spider punk i couldn't nail that who had that voice daniel kaluuya as right. we know from from uh get out 
because um, he, because he's a Brit and he really turned it up to eleven. Maharshala Ali back in multiple iterations, which was cool yeah, as right. the Prowler, maybe the Prowler, and then Oscar Isaac as uh, the wonderful Spider Man twenty nine. Yes, our favorite Latino Irishman. Yes, right. exactly. In Nueva yes. York in 2099. Yep. yep. Uh, basically, this is a combination deal between Sony and Marvel Entertainment. Obviously, we know that. Um, and then a $100 million budget, which is crazy. This was done for $100 million. And currently Nuts. at a box office of $208 million. The yes, sequel globally. to 2018's yeah. Into the Spider-Verse. Right. Um, so with that, um, this movie was a very long movie. It was like two and a half yes. hours. Longest uh, I, animated pick that uh, that I that I can think of off the top, but certainly for this brand, you know, this, you know, the, 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 the genre, I think. And I think this movie was originally it was supposed to be just one film and then they broke it up and then we were getting beyond the Spider-Verse, which was the only Post credit thing we got was Miles Morales will return in Beyond the Spider Verse, right. and we uh, we sat there through the end of the credits, and then they turned the lights up, and I'm like, I swear I read so- that that there was going to be something, but no, we stayed to the bitter end. There was nothing. Beautiful. Those credits at the end were beautiful. Um, yes, beautiful. I'm looking at when Beyond the Spider Verse is going to bless us with its reappearance. Um, if I can find it, if anyone knows, let me know. I think it's yeah, yeah. next year, but I could be wrong. Yep, next year, March, March of next year, please. Oh, very good. Oh, that's awesome, awesome. So awesome, yeah, awesome. so this is a uh, this is a Infinity War over to Endgame kind of scenario. Leave, yeah. leave, leave you hanging. So yeah, it, it was it was it, it was wild that it was that long. Um, but I'll say right off the top, I I don't feel like it was time wasted. I no. feel like there, yeah, I feel like there was one hundred percent valuable, meaningful, well paced story moving you know through two hours and thirty one minutes. So I I got no qualms about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, I loved everything till the end. Actually, I think everything was paced really well until until the end of the movie turned into a cram fest. Yeah, where they really they it, set up. They, it was a. I, I it, wasn't even really yeah, considering like the 20, fact that it was thirty minutes be, yeah. of setup. And yeah, like, uh, it, it can end right it. here. It can end right here. It can end right here. It can. Okay, we're still going. And it, you, we're you, still yeah. going. Yeah. Keep digging. Keep digging. Right. Yeah. I, I I didn't feel it was too bad, and I'm glad that everything was in the film. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to save a cool plot point for the after credits. I, I just right. feel like that's gotten old hat a little bit. So Big it time. does kind of leave everything on the table saying, get ready. And, and right. I appreciate that, but I could see where like certain scenes and I, maybe that's a good transition. So, Charlie, if you want to set up and kick off kind of like the main story beats so um, we can maybe as you talk through that, we'll think about, oh, oh, yeah, that part. That was cool. Or this part. Oh, remember when that happened? Yeah. Right. Absolutely correct. So a uh, little bit, a little bit over a year and a half has gone by, and we're looking at the life of Miles Morales on Earth sixteen ten. He reminisces very finely about his friends, including Glenn, the the Glenn Gwen. <laughs> Glenn? Gwen, yes, Glenn. He, Glenn was probably there. Glenn, Glenn Stacy is probably in uh, Earth twenty sixty two. There you go. That's the one. She's just yeah, very good. But yes, thinking about his uh, his love for Gwen and uh, going about his regular life. Then we see uh, the film does actually start with Gwen on Earth 65, um, really wrapped up in her kind of pain and anguish from also being separated uh, from Miles, thinking about her past uh, as, uh, you know, not being able to save her friend Peter Parker, who was actually voiced by Jack Quaid, which I didn't know Jack Quaid of Lower Decks uh, fame. Uh, Star Trek which version? Boys? He was the Peter Parker of Earth 65 that became the lizard. Yeah. 
Was, oh, yeah. so the uh, Gwen's best friend. Yes, okay. exactly. So she's reeling from that. And you do see uh, bringing in uh, the fact that she's a drummer in the Mary Janes. That actually came from her own title. Um, but she uh, is subsequently approached by uh, in, in you know, a repelling attack from a, the character, the evil villain, the vulture from uh, basically a Leonardo da Vinci past uh world da vinci verse uh, yeah the da vinci verse that he gets spit into that was actually voiced by uh jorm from the lonely island believe it or not oh, oh really yeah jorm. Oh, okay. yeah oh. exactly so i love that art style too they had with it it just i right. couldn't it was very paper craft that was so yeah, cool that was wild and we do see a little bit more of that kind of style when we when we talk to uh, spider punk later in the movie uh so from there uh because this is an incursion uh we get a couple of other spiders showing up, including uh, Jess, Jess, not Jessica, Jess Drew as the uh, very pregnant spider woman of her earth. And then, of course, Miguel O'Hara as Spider-Man of 2099. Uh, they are the vanguard of an elite group of spider totems. Now, if you're obviously familiar with everything in the in the Spider-Verse. Every earth out there in the multidimension has a spider totem that is the protector of that world, which is really what ultimately drives the plot of this film. They end up recruiting Gwen. And Gwen in time uses her time space trajector thingy to go visit Miles and, you know, they rekindle their their friendship. But um, all is not well uh, in the and I feel and I feel like I'm spinning. Uh, all is not well uh, within the Spider-Verse. We end up getting pulled into uh, various, uh, he, you know, he follows her into an incursion uh, to stop the spot, uh, who yeah. is a yeah classic character from 1980s uh, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man title, uh, who is, he again, la- you know, typical uh, supervillain um, origin. He, you know, he was blasted in a lab experiment, in this case, the collider that ended the first film uh, and created everything. But he's, fi- he's finding that he can use his power uh, of, you know, trans-dimensional, pop throughs uh to build his power base and this is something that the spiders have to stop um and uh miles tags along he's not supposed to and uh throughout the film uh going back and forth we do find out that um miles morales is not supposed to be the spider of his world uh because his spider was from earth help me out 42 and i don't believe it you don't believe it? Mm, we will find out. But at any rate, twenty-two is the answer to everything, right? I guess from, uh, because from we'll, uh, Hitch, the the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, there you go. Um, but uh, yes, Miguel O'Hara is on on you know on Nueva York and uh, you know, Spider-Man twenty ninety nine. He does uh, reveal to Miles that uh, he was the incursion uh, that caused Earth forty two to not have a hero, uh, which ultimately led to the death of miles's father on that world and as we find out in the conclusion of the film miles becoming a supervillain, uh and that that's our big conclusion where we see our miles face to face with uh the miles of that world um so throughout all of this we do get to see characters from the first film uh and at the the very parting shot we get back to characters that we didn't see in this film spider ham and spider noir and uh we do get a cameo from penny parker but yes this was left on a big old cliffhanger uh, leading us to Beyond the Spider-Verse, which we'll yeah. see next March. So so quick question, Charlie. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man 2099, that was obviously one of the first forays or one of the many forays into Marvel expanding into a 2099, kind of the ultimates, kind of like new universe. Miguel O'Hara, he was shown shooting something up. What was that? I don't remember. 
shooting something. Well, remember the green goo he put into his. Am I the only one that remembered that part? Um, I, I uh, yeah, I, he no, had, I'm, I'm not recalling. Um, yeah. So green goo that you I, you know, and again, I'm not, I'm not steeped in that character. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, that comic came out in 1992 or 1993. Uh, I dabbled with it, but ultimately didn't really follow it very closely. It wasn't a character I was too nutty about. Um, um, but yeah, Alchemax was the, those, the, the company and, that and, gave him this power. And, so they nailed that. Where, yep. Yeah. That's where Alchemax came from, which has been, which is obviously that's a, a driving uh, evil corporation in this film. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. So we're left with the fact that, you know, Miles is, you know, feels betrayed, but I found it. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, the drug that was created is called rapture and that's not a spider. That's what gave Miguel O'Hara his spider powers. That's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah. So he is an artificial spider, which is interesting to see if they work that into how they really work that into the next film, because yeah. Yeah. And why is he in charge? You know? Yeah. I'd like to find out. He's 50% spider DNA. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So this is interesting, but holy cow. Yeah. So we find, yeah, it's Nueva York on his earth and in the year 2099, that is basically, if you adapt it from the comics and what you see behind Todd is the web of destiny. Uh, the way that all spider totems travel throughout the multiverse, uh, basically in kind of a, you know, quantum leap time police kind of thing, uh, to fix things that are wrong and to stop incursions, uh, into other worlds of things that aren't supposed to be happening. Uh, we're introduced through um, Miguel O'Hara to the the canon. What is it? it some, what was the, what was the expression that they used to talk about the canon? Uh, like, every 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 universe or pocket has a canon, just like the comics, right? Right. And if you alter the canon, it destroys essentially yeah, that it, corner it of the spider. No, there there yeah. was an expression they were using, which is escaping me right now. But yeah, mm. in a, you know, in multiple canons, Uncle Ben has to die, or Gwen has to die, yeah. or Captain. Peter has to die, or a captain, yes, which is what sends Miles on a wild quest to save his father. But unfortunately, Miles gets dumped on Earth forty two, and he's and he's not supposed to be there, which is why he's glitching. So his his powers are failing him, and he's able to easily be captured. Um, and uh, back on his, yeah, it was told that um, the Peter Parker of sixteen ten would have survived if Miles hadn't got his powers. But it, I know already, I can tell Joe doesn't believe it. As no, no, said. no. I'm, re- I'm reading what the injection was. That that helps him maintain his powers. Oh, like. gotcha. So he's yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. Those are those are kind. Of, that's the framework of the basics. And uh, yeah. let's hear from Joe. A lot happens in this movie. Into the Spider Verse is my favorite comic book movie. It's my favorite movie of all time. Fair. I have a whole bunch of love uh, for this film, and the sequel I knew was going to be stellar on that same level. I didn't when 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 I saw the reviews being as glowing as they were, I was like, "Again, this is this is not a surprise." <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, it 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 just kind of felt like they gave um, you know they gave the crew more cash and more time to just make this thing right, which is the again the right call, um, and just trusted their vision. And I love what I think like Phil Lord said. He's like, you know, we didn't just. You know, we didn't just have like this one idea and, and people had to had to stick with it. This is like uh, something along the lines of like this is thousands of uh, thousands of people's, um, you know, ideas, thoughtful ideas into this project where like they really let the artists do what they 
not to say want because that seems like too much freedom but really express themselves with with each cell of this of this film and it and it shows um you know this this film's a lot of setup and it sounds when when charlie lays it out like there's not much that happens here but there's so much right. that really happens here and, and a lot of uh turmoil both internally and just on display for miles to kind of go through I love the theory that this movie kind of tries to break down that it, it kind of tries to re-examine the role of Spider-Man. It's is is does loss truly define you being a good person? Um, you know, does a does a, an Uncle Ben have to die in order for you to be and do good things and be your best self? And Miles's argument is no. You, yeah. No one has to die. You could just go ahead and do the good thing because it's the good thing to do. Right. Um, because you're a hero. You don't need the uh, I have to avenge or I have to right. make right what There's was no wrong. There's no hanging yeah. guilt. Like yeah. guilt doesn't need guilt. to be associated with, with right. good deeds. At the same exact time, it's more complex because Miles does Miles doesn't want his parents to die, obviously. Right. And so he's gonna try his best to save them. Because if there's an opportunity for them to be saved, he's going to do it. Right. And the the whole spider society's thing is these canon events, um, or what would they call them in the MCU? The 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 variant events or whatever happens like these things are meant to happen. They're meant to go a certain way. And if you break that canon event, theoretically that universe will cease to exist. It implodes. So he's, so Miguel's argument is, Hey, you're going to let one person's life be, you know, one's one person or billions of people. You get to decide. Right. And miles is like, yeah, and I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, it's kind I'm of not, a slippery I'm not dictated by these by these right. Things. It's like a slippery slope because then it's like, well, you could get paralyzed by decisions then. Well, right. how do I know that's not supposed to happen? How do I know I mean, that? And so then it's like then does he even do anything? Paralysis. That's what yeah. you're talking about. And you know, in between of all that, you have some of the I think most brilliant shots of just animation. Yep. Uh, and just like there's one I saw this one tweet, I I loved it. It's where it's where um Gwen, she's she's on one of like the gargoyle like statue things, mm-hmm. and like you know, she's standing above a tower. She's tying her hair up. I'm like, why is she tying her hair up? And she's walking around, and the pan the, the camera pans, and she's not she's walking across the pillar. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. actually sitting right like she said she's sitting where like you would fall off. You know what I mean? Right. So like she's sitting upside down. It's like oh right. wow, it's brilliant. She shot her webs to pull herself because mm-hmm. yet yeah, the the uh, magnetic flux, which gives the spider person their adhesion, uh, has yeah. to be as close to bearskin as possible. Which they kind of violate that in this because J- Gwen runs around with shoes, and yeah. yeah, Spider Man can't can't wear shoes and stick to walls. That 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 violates Spider Man. Miles Cannon, Miles can't wear his his Jordan Mach fives, oh, and you he, know, he, come he's on, he's not he's not supposed to no because but. yeah, the whole thing is is that really it's it's uh, it was even illustrated with the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Now he has the little little fine hairs yep. they zoom in at one point he's little fine hairs on his fingers it's like that, not being able to touch your screen on your phone with gloves that's the right. exact Boom. same thing you got it so well, yeah that was the yeah. big canon violation for me is that people can't be wearing shoes and wall crawling but no, no, yeah no. for 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 me it's just every every scene was shot brilliantly every every main spider person 
had their role to play and they played it really well. Like they, you saw a Spider-Man without depression. That was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, like everything just kind of goes swimmingly for them. I mm-hmm. absolutely loved that. Um, and then, yeah, you had Spider-Punk, which is just an, you know, Oh yeah, boy. Anarchist. He's just, he's, yeah. he's awesome, but I can't understand a word he's fucking saying. I know. <laughs> and, yes. you, you can't even wait until you can finally watch it on video with the captions. Right. Yeah. And then we got Miguel, who is this flawed version of Spider-Man. Right. Who feels like he has the weight of this responsibility on his shoulders. Right. Of whom his guilt hangs on him more than I think the rest. And I think that's because Miguel, and this is, we're getting into spoilers. I get spoil stuff. Oh, that's, yeah. what we're, that's what we're talking right, about. Right. Miguel's the one that killed his Spider-Man. Oh, Miguel yeah. lost his family couldn't hang on to that guilt so he goes into a universe where his family is still alive and kills mm. that Spider-Man and causes that a- canon event mm-hmm. to break that universe wow and so, and so that's where my theory is the so sequel, miles the sequel will bring it all the way back around where mm-hmm. the, his, that's exposed and miguel is essentially dethroned the other spiders yeah. turned against him that's yeah, kind of exactly. what you're saying yeah so i think actually that that version of spider-man in that universe is supposed to die oh. and miles is supposed to be bit by the spider so building on that so right. you know we essentially got the spot who um, started off as kind of a goof, and I love yeah. that opening sequence. Yeah. So funny, so goofy. I loved how they played that. And then as the spot, as you see him grow and what he learns, I mean, God Almighty, he almost looks like uh, what was that like meme from like ten years ago? Uh, from is it the Tall Man or whatever that that was like in the oh, that it's video like game? Slenderman. Slenderman. Yeah. Slenderman. Yeah. He's oh, almost like Slenderman. So creepy. So I'm like, I love yeah. how they did that because it made it feel like he has now kind of lost his mind and he's got yeah. a plan to do something. And we were largely introduced in him and it wasn't overstuffed of like him, him, him. It was, mm-hmm. he is in the background kind of doing his thing. We yeah. don't have to focus on him, which allows all these other pieces to play, which is right. ultimately mm-hmm. almost always the downfall of too many vil- villains and things like right. that. So I'm glad that it happened. Now, I don't know, to your point, Joe, then if we've got Miguel will continue to be, because he was, Miguel was pr- the primary threat right. in this exactly. film. Exactly. Is it going, I mean, I mean, we may see the shift or is, once again, the spot just a, almost like uncontrollable force of nature where there's really no reasoning. It is what yeah. it is. And Miguel will still be that thing. Mig- I, th- I think Miguel's the true villain. The, the spot is... The spot is the 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 thing that's happening. The like uh, yeah. doom. The beast. He's the, the twister. He's, he's the, he's the twister. Yeah. yeah. And so who's the cow if he's the twister? Never mind. <laughs> it's got to be spider. Spider or spider ham? Yeah, yeah spider ham. Oh, spider yeah. cow. Is, have we been introduced yeah. to spider cow? We've but, got a. Well, I mean, we know we have a spider horse because that's one of our features. But that's that's yeah. my that's my theory right now. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. Miguel's at. Okay. Because Miguel just goes, oh yeah, and then that Peter died. Oh well. <laughs> it's like whoa exactly like, oh we we're brushing it off there bud um so to me i think i think there are events that change the universe that that shouldn't be happening or shouldn't happen i think that is when an outside force comes in and manipulates something in order to to right. make something happen you know what i mean so True yeah that. to to me i i love this film I loved it so much. Uh, it brought me back to like when I was first watching the first movie. Yeah. Um, and just getting lost and just being happy. Like yeah, pure yeah. joy. Like you could see like 
so many of these movies, so many movies, you, you could you could tell like this is by the numbers in some sort of way. It's some executive decision. You could kind of see it, right? Sure. Um, this just felt like this was a passion. This was a yeah. love. This yeah. this needed to be shown. And right. to, Agreed. to me, it, it, it was it was a stellar sequel to an already stellar original, of which I, I still prefer the original over this. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like the end of this movie, uh, where it does feel like it's like 20, 30 minutes of pure setup. I'm like, okay, are we going to get something else? And then it's like, nope, a very sudden to be continued. I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah uh, the, the last certainly five minutes is that even if you were walking into this, not thinking about it being a sequel, you were like, oh, like I even glanced at my watch and I knew, hey, it's this thing is supposed to be over in 10 minutes. That's when I really figured out that that they were winding yeah, it down it, to that. I believe this was originally called Across the Spider-Verse Part One. Well, yeah, we yes. talked and about then, that, Todd. Yeah. They, they wanted yep. they 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 walked that back because they didn't want to set it up as like, oh god, you know, I, kind of like Infinity War one and two. Yeah. They didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah they didn't, didn't want to obviously run the risk of someone saying, well, you know, I don't really want to go see a cliffhanger movie. So I don't need to see a uh, part one because yeah, I'll just see I, part two. Yeah, I'll see part one and part two at the same time. So yeah, um, um, I was going to say to your point, Joe, having a a lot of collective creative discussions and uh, decisions made in this movie is I'm really surprised this actually was able to happen. I've not seen a movie with three directors. I don't know how that works. Who yeah. gets to make it all? I mean, is it like rock, paper, scissors? That's why you need three. I mean, yeah, or how do you break the movie into, you know, thirds for second, third act and, you know, do teams do it, but then how do they bring it all together? I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel like they did a poor job of that. If no. that actually is the case, it's, it did feel very cohesive. It didn't feel like disparate visions. It yeah. felt like cohesive. And maybe it was like one person's really focused on the style and or the animation the, the, styles. The one's, yeah. one's focused on kind of like more of the story discussion and, and performances. Maybe yeah. one's for, focused on kind of like the overall, hey, I just going to make sure these pieces come together and I work really well right. with these people Continuity. and we're handing yeah. them the keys. So th- th- I yeah. think the fact yeah. that we had this many creative voices cooks in the uh, kitchen with- and it somehow still came out good cooks exactly this is, you didn't hear anything about this movie oh well this writer was let go or oh this person left it's yeah. being rewritten for the 18th time right which, which is, is amazing fu- which is funny because we're talking about lord miller and that's exactly what happened to them uh solo, then, yeah. oh okay so let's uh well guys let's start to wind this down uh yeah. todd do you think it makes sense to go through and pick a favorite weird spider that was your number one choice or yeah, maybe a that, couple. Well, that was the thing, because we had our core Spideys, but then we got little odds and ends. And there's an article from Polygon of kind of like the Spider-Men shown or Spider-People shown. And um, there was a bunch that was just like eye candy. So you'll, you know, get your when it comes out in 4K, you'll you'll pause and say, oh, that guy's in there. That guy's in there. Yeah. But then we had some characters that came in and made a larger role. So uh, of the core team, you know, the first one of the first places we met was um, and probably my favorite had to be. And I have to make sure I spell it right uh, or pronounce it right. Pavateer Prabhakar from yes. was it Mumbai-Hatton? Mumbai-Hatton? Mumbai-Hatton, yeah, Mumbai-Hatton or whatever. Basically, Mumbai-Manhattan, yes. I don't know who did the voice, but this character. I do. Oh, oh, I do. driver oh. from uh, Deadpool, baby. Ex- pre- exactly. Oh, 
exactly. Yeah, it was him. Oh, yeah, my favorite. I, I had to look driver. it up. He was also from Betas, which was a less successful version of Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. My my favorite Spidey. Every time he spoke, he was just a. a it's like he's the Spider Man that hasn't had tragedy, so he's the reason you, why you happy, want him. He's cheery, yeah, happy, he's happy, happy go lucky, and his jokes and his banter and just the world he lived in was amazing. I love him, and I'm so glad. And he originally, Charlie, made his first appearance in Spider Man India number one in twenty. Oh, four. I, I remember. I, so, okay. I, I've got a two. I've got a tie. I've got an obvious one. And then I've got uh, one that harkens back to my love for the person who voiced it. We got Ben Riley slash the Scarlet Spider from the 1990s <laughs> own saga voiced by Andy Samberg. I love oh, that man. art style, Charlie. That was yeah. so, they nailed the comic Mark Bagley. Right. And, so well. Is, yeah. Which is Mark Bagley is a, is a thorn in Todd's side. You know, he's, he talks about his dislike. And then I of course loved, um, and I, I feel I, I'm bummed that we didn't get more of it. Um, the intrusion into the Lego world. I loved yeah. that in particular, because I love it how Peter Parker's inside the daily bugle and he runs into the cloak room. And then in order to change, he just raises his hand and he's the Spider-Man Lego figure. Mm. So I absolutely, but he's part of the team that we don't end up seeing him again. So I hope we, I hope we get him back, but you you know much wackier ones the monkey the cat uh the you know the the cowboy horse. with the horse yeah so joe what about you F- favorite couple spiders oh my god i mean there was a there's an easter egg i loved and why am i forgetting his name but we see the prowler uh uh he, he actually Donald is Clark. yeah Donald yeah Donald Donald Glover, there, you there you go yeah from the original uh, voice of Miles. From coming yeah, yeah exactly and um yeah, we we saw we see him being captured in live action form, which gave, it just gave, that gave me like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit vibes, and I just loved oh, yeah. it right. so much. Um, I got a yeah Ben the Ben Riley one I I absolutely loved. I love the art style. Yeah, I just I yeah I love Andy Samberg man. So oh my he, god, he, big yeah, time! He just crushed it. There were so many awesome moments. Insomniac Spider Man being in there. Um, them actually playing Spider-Man 2 on PS5. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there. I, yeah I did. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. see him in there. We got, oh, I'm just, God, I'm just skimming, that. skimming through this list. We did get Spinneret. That is Mary Jane in a red and white costume. Uh, Spider-Bite is uh, the holographic uh, female Spider-Woman. Mm-hmm. And Wearing then there an was, quest. There was the super obvious gag of the 1967 Spider-Man, them all pointing at each other. Uh, and that mm-hmm. came from the trailer. Yep. So it was yep. an obvious gag, but it, it was still fun. I, I still, Peter I Park- still Car. I love that Peter parked car. That was so good. <laughs> right. And he he's the spider buggy. I remember Todd. I remember what I remember reading this and sending you snapshots about a year or so ago. I know. I yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Um, um, I, I did love the, how they brought in all of the live action as part of the Spider-Verse. They had clips right? from every Spider-Man film. Uncle, right. you know, Uncle, Uncle Ben. And, and right. that, that was really that was really great because then it just says Sony's allowed to do certain things that that does the Marvel constraints. Don't right. restrict them, which you is amazing. Excellent, excellent point. Spider-Man. And my my wife made this a couple of times. Sony, because of lack of dizziness, was able to have a Black Lives Matter patch on yeah. Miles's backpack. He was he was oh. able to have protect trans lives poster in his bedroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things that and that got me so mad. I went to my nearest Target and I just started. Yeah, you just, yeah, you just set things on fire. We won't get too much into that, but yeah, it is it is great to see a real representation yeah. because in, in the been yeah. things that are in real life and that sony's not afraid of it oh. so good, for, good for you sony 
What about yeah. Spider-Man 69, the cartoon Spider-Man from the 60s? Spider-Man right that. Yeah. I lo- yeah. Dude, I love to. He's right about to kick Miles, but because he's 2D, he misses. Oh, my Flatman. God. Flatman. That is brilliant. That was yes. so Right. All, the animation work on all these Spider-People are just incredible. Like, yes. like Spider-Punk, right? Like, yeah. Dude, his art style, like there's different parts of him that's oh, he's a zine. He's, yeah. he's a zine. He's cut out from yeah. a zine from like yeah. 1991. Right. He's the yeah. he he's the, the the crazy letters that the uh the kidnapper sends you, you know, all the different letters. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah. And because he, he's an anarchist, he doesn't follow the rules. So why wouldn't exactly. he be all out of line? Dude, yeah. Oh my um, goodness. He was awesome. Yep. Yeah. One last note, Charlie, and I think you'll like this because you're an old school comic book fan like I am. Yep, the yep, fact yep. that they used, I couldn't remember if they did in the first movie, but they used an abundance of editor notes. So yes, as I seen, said that we were watching it. So yeah, a, l- so a little good. square box at the bottom with an asterisk that says, or something that important that he said that got a caption at the bottom. So that was, yeah, that was great. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, let's, let's give it a rating nine out of 10. Sp- oh, that's another one. I didn't spiders men. He was the Spider-Man. That was a thousand Spider-Mans in the Spider-Man suit. Nine out of 10 Spider-Mans. Oh, Let's really? There's a, you say there's 10,000 spiders in a Spider-Man well, suit? No, yeah, there is. That came from one of the Spider-Verse comics. It was a bunch oh, of spiders that wore a suit. But zero, zero to ten spiders, man. Joe, you first. Still, though I prefer the, the first one, though I know that there's you know faults with this movie. Again, don't like how it ends. I know, broke a record. Still a ten. <laughs> still, it's totally still fair. an achievement. If this, like, first off, this thing's gonna win the Oscar for best animated film. Oh God, yes. I, I'm, I'm rooting for. It. Let's, let's see it for best picture. Let's just see it. Let's, let's be brave for once, Academy. Okay. Yeah. Because honestly, this, this, this is a, an achievement on multiple levels. Yeah. I, um, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the ten for ten as well. Um, again, the animated films don't always really blow me away. Uh, in Spider-Man live action films, don't always blow me away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but this one did. This was great. And again, Miles was not the Spider-Man that I grew up with simply because, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up reading Spider-Man in the 80s. But I love it now. It's just very – this to me really feels like this is how a, a real teenager would deal with real teenage angsty, angsty stuff and then having the weight of the multiverse on his shoulders. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Ten out of ten. Yeah, I – God, I hate to be a follower, but I'm going with this. It's not a perfect film. And a 10 out of 10 is not a perfect film. To me, though, it's a movie that I didn't want to stop. Yeah. I could have sat for five hours, although I'd yeah. have to pee multiple times. So that may be the only pick. There was no great place to take a pee. I did. I, and I <laughs> when can up, I go I, pee? I, I think I ended up going twice. And yeah. because I'm there seeing it with April, if I miss something, I could say, God, what I miss? And I so don't maybe a 9.9 then, because, you know. Yeah, 9.9 yeah. for no pee pee break. So, yeah, well, but cool. no 10. This has been awesome. Well, unless I'm very much mistaken, that is the end of the program. Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. That's a a Simpsons reference. That's my name. Yeah, I love it. uh, Thank you. Thank you you for joining us, my friend. Where do people find you out there? Of course, you can find me over on the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players, where usually each and every Thursday, me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. But this week, the week of the 5th, we are going to be one day late. So the audio show will be arriving on that Friday because we are reacting live to the Summer Games Showcase 2023. Uh, So come join us in the live chat. We're going to probably have more games to give away and things to celebrate as we see more games be announced i'm super 
pumped for Cyberpunk 2077. Phantom Ooh. Liberty, Alan Wake 2 looks phenomenal. And awesome. who knows? Maybe we'll see some Spider-Man there. Who knows? Ooh, I like I'll it. I get that Final Fantasy 16 demo, though. But hey, all that more. Um, yeah. Find cool. me there. And at Mr. Badman on Twitter. You know where. You know, the you know best, that Twitter. The best PlayStation podcast uh, with uh, essentially the composite duplicate t- clones of tenacious d you and kyle you should be tenacious d oh my gosh <laughs> you should That's so please tell kyle that That's that is great. so that is so crazy todd what about where do people find you out there I'm texting him that now uh at the Oxtra is for all things Todd that is not related to SFU, although I love to talk about SFU on Twitter. Uh but uh for everything else, go to uh Secret Friends. Uh I don't have to tell you all those things because if you listen to this podcast, but if you haven't, at Secret Friends You on Twitter, secretfriendsunite.com uh is our website for all things Secret Friends for all our content and our Patreon, which we've already talked about. Get a one-week free trial and check it out and let us what you know what you think, and hopefully you'll become a Patreon at patreon.com slash Seeker Friends Unite. Uh, unless you go to Charlie's patron.com and then yes. that's his OnlyFans page. That that E and R really hits me up. Well, you can find me over on Twitter at the C3. Go ahead and spell it out. As always, my lovely wife, April, and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey, one of the largest chapters of the Star Trek International Fan Club in the world. I'm also the regional coordinator for Michigan and Eastern Canada. If you're a trekker within the sound of my voice in those places or even somewhere else, drop us a line at our website of that same name and we will help you find trekkers where you are so with that friends as always thank you for joining us i'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking be the hero not the villain in a truck chai tea is like saying tt coffee 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 (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is part of the secret friends unite podcasting network Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.